dearest listeners, welcome back to Storical. I've missed you, and I'm sorry I didn't get to go as in-depth into Mozart's life as I had planned. There's quite a lot to unpack there. Like, did you know he was a mason? I didn't. But today, I want to talk about his forgotten sister, Nanarel. Now, I should say forgotten in air quotes, because while she was a character that was pushed to the side during their lifetimes, most of the historical fiction out now about Mozart is actually told through the eyes of Nanarel. And you'll see why as we get into her life. Maria Anna Mozart, which, fun fact, was the reverse of her mother's name, which was Anna Maria Mozart, was born on July 30th, 1751, four years before Marie Antoinette and five years before her famous brother. Her family was very tight-knit, and she was known her whole life by her family nickname, Nanarel, which meant Little Anna. As I mentioned in the last episode, Leopold Mozart, Nanarel and Wolfgang's father, was pretty much a dance mom. I keep using that term because I used to babysit girls who watched that show, and I don't even know where to begin with that whole culture, but suffice it to say, Leopold was really overbearing and pushed both of his children hard in the direction toward music. Leopold himself was a piano teacher and composer. He even wrote a book on violins the year that Wolfgang was born. When Nanarel was seven years old, Leopold began giving her lessons on the harpsichord. Now, we all know that Wolfgang was a prodigy at four years old, but Nanarel was also a prodigy and initially the child that Leopold spent all his time and energy on. He was formally giving Nanarel lessons, and that was when Wolfgang started imitating her and learning the harpsichord himself. Nanarel and Wolfgang were really close. Their relationship wasn't really competitive. They even had their own secret language together. By 1762, both children were prodigies, and Leopold wanted to take them on the road. From 1763 through 1769, the entire family traveled extensively across Europe, building street cred and playing for aristocrats and royalty. Nanarel was 11 and Wolfgang was 7. In the beginning, Nanarel, who was a virtuosic piano player at this point, even received top billing over her brother. They played for everyone from Maximilian III of Bavaria to Empress Maria Theresa. When Wolfgang tripped, Maria Antonia, the future Marie Antoinette, helped him up and he allegedly asked to marry her. She was two months older than him. Later, Nanarelle and Wolfgang also played for Louis XV and Madame Pompadour before she died. The family moved on and lived in London for a time and played for King George III. So pretty much everyone, and they were for the most part just billed together as child prodigies. But the end of the road came for Nanarel in 1769. She was by this point 18 or 19 years old, and Leopold considered her a marriageable age, so she wasn't allowed to tour anymore. Instead, Leopold and Wolfgang ventured out in search of opera commissions to get Wolfgang established as a court musician. By this time, Leopold had completely shifted his attention from his daughter to honing his son's talents. She continued playing, and she did compose a little herself. Though none of her compositions remain, Wolfgang did write to her in 1770, I am amazed. I had no idea you were capable of composing in such a gracious way. In a word, your lier is beautiful. I beg you, try to do these things more often. After the death of her mother in 1778, she became something of the woman of the house for Leopold. Many men came to court her. She even fell in love with the captain. But Leopold didn't approve, so she turned him down and remained a spinster until 1783 when she was 33 years old and Leopold arranged a marriage for her to a magistrate who already had five children from previous marriages. Her stepchildren were not well-mannered, to put it mildly, and her father kept kind of a controlling hand, even with her new marriage and situation. She gave birth to three children of her own, and in another bit of weirdness, apparently her father raised her firstborn son. 
Like she left her husband's home to go back to Salzburg, had the baby, named the baby after her father, and her father just kept it. There's not really a consensus on what was going on there. Maybe he wanted to try to raise another prodigy. But Leopold died in 1787, and baby Leopold went to live with his mother and his family. Now, because I didn't have time to do a full episode on Mozart, suffice it to say that if you've seen Amadeus, he was a bit of a spoiled, egotistical brat. He also was much more willing to stand up to his controlling father and clashed with him constantly. The final straw for the family's relationship with Wolfgang was in 1783. He married a singer named Castanz that his family felt beneath him. Both Leopold and Nenerol did not like her and were less than civil to the new couple. After this point, they didn't really communicate, but it does sound like they both regretted this and thought of each other often. In 1801, her husband died and she found herself back on the road to Salzburg. There, she taught piano and provided for herself and stepchildren. She enjoyed sporadic visits from both Castanz and her nephew, Franz Xavier Mozart, who had been born five months after Wolfgang's death. She was plagued with health problems, including blindness, until her death in 1829. Okay, so that's Nanarell's life in a nutshell. These days, she's having a bit of a comeback, probably because it's a tale as old as time that the girl's talents gets pushed to the side for the brother. It also kind of changes our view of Mozart himself in that he wasn't some solo child prodigy, he was actually part of an act, and at varying points, his sister was considered more talented than he was. About 10 years ago, I first read a historical fiction about Nannerell called Mozart's Sister by Rita Charbonnier. I had never heard of Nannerell at that point, and I enjoyed the story. It was a solid 3 out of 5 according to my Goodreads tracker. There was also a French language movie called Mozart's Sister that came out in 2010. It was highly fictionalized, but you know I enjoyed when they had Nannerell becoming best friends with one of the madames, the spinster daughters of Louis XV. If you're up for some subtitles, it's an enjoyable piece of historical fiction. There's a couple of other books, most of them named some variation of Mozart's sister, which gets confusing. Those are the two that I had interacted with before writing this episode. I recently read Mozart's Last Aria, which is more of a mystery novel in which Nannerell uncovers the secrets behind Mozart's death. It started out fine, but it went a little too deep into the Masons and Illuminati, and I just kind of checked out. If you're into that sort of thing, or you just like mysteries, you might enjoy it. All right, that's all I have for you today. I was a little cryptic in my last show and told you I was having some health issues. Well, I might as well tell you since I've told all of my Immortal Perfumes clients already, I was diagnosed with early curable breast cancer last month, and I'm getting that taken care of right now. I've had two treatments with a charming drug known colloquially as the Red Devil, and I have two more of it through the end of July. After that, I have 12 weeks of a less intense drug, so my hope is to have more regular episodes after July, but as always, we'll see how it goes. So far, I'm happy to report that I've gotten none of the terrible symptoms and have been mostly fine. In fact, the doctor said I'm crushing it. Frida Kahlo has been on my mind a lot lately because she's the patron saint of sick girls. Next week, join me back here for a rebroadcast of my Frida Kahlo episode, and then the other July episode I promise to you is one on the life of Artemisia Gentileschi, a Baroque painter who brought the man who wronged her to his knees. (music) Thank you.